so yeah we had to put it everything just on hold over 75 dollars yeah right like that's wild so somebody making you know three four hundred thousand dollars misses a payment of 75 bucks clearly could have made that payment money's not the issue and all of a sudden here we are six months later and we're finally just in a position now where he's everything's fine his credit scores back up i think they disputed it with the credit bureaus whatever uh his credit score is finally back getting back up to where it was he's in the sevens again and uh yeah but it took a long time to get back there right so credits i mean credit's huge welcome to the reigns report with your host jason reigns what is going on everybody we are back with another edition of the reigns report again on all the uh, on all your podcast channels just search range report and uh then we drop those on friday and then on saturday we release the video uh files of them on youtube so whether you're watching on youtube or you're watching on or you're listening on podcasts make sure to hit that subscribe and notification so you get everything guys we have a guest in here today it's not luke for a change thank god i know you guys are ready for a break from him uh we <laughs> We actually got Dalton in here today. Uh, so everybody say hi to Dalton. Dalton, why don't you tell them who you are and where you're from, man? Yeah, so uh, I was just, you know, my car broke down. I was walking around the highway, and Jason picked me up, so now here we are. Um, but, no, my name's Dalton O'Donnell, uh, Lee Summit, Missouri. Been here for 20-plus years. I am a local lender, total quality lending, but I run a team called the Odo Home Loans Team. And uh, we just care about helping people, getting them those homes, getting uh, helping them build their credit, and uh, just help them build wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So we thought that this would be a good uh, a good podcast day to kind of talk about credit, right? And like mm -hmm. how important credit is when it comes to buying a house. Like I don't know about you, I'm in a million Facebook groups, right? And you always see people posting, "Oh, I need a house for rent," or somebody will be like, "Oh, why don't you just go buy a house?" And you know, it goes back and forth, and oh, I don't have any credit, or I don't have any money put down, or I saw one yesterday and the house was like $75,000, mm -hmm. like in a rural area, uh, probably would have qualified for a USDA loan, I'm guessing, which is 0% down, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I know some lenders that don't like doing loans that small, right? Because at the end of the day, like the company still has to make money. Yep. But this girl was like, well, I don't have 20% to put down. And I was like, that's crazy. 20 <laughs> 20% on no, like, no, like three to 5%, maybe 0% yep. down. Right. Uh, but that's, that's getting it off, off a little bit what we're going to talk about, but, um, yeah. So credit scores, like, are they important? Like, what do they need to be? Like, what should, should people even be paying attention? Like, yeah, I don't know. This is, I try to say in my lane, which is not the finance yeah. lane. Right. So I know a little bit, but yeah, why don't you tell, uh, what can you share about the importance of, of credit scores? Yeah. So, and just to give a little backdrop too, I, I look at a lot of credit reports. I mean, thousands of credit reports in what I do now, but I've looked at even thousands before that. I used to be a financial advisor and although we didn't do loans there, I, I got a good grasp of financing and building wealth and credit. Um, but I also ran a used car dealership that focused on subprime credit. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of people with bumps in the past on their credit <clears throat> score. And 
you look at a lot of credit reports there. And yeah. you kind of figure out a little bit of loopholes and, you know, what ruins people's credit and what helps. Um, so that's just a little background um, of what I know. It's more so off experience, not because I'm a certified credit repair guy or anything, yeah. just experience. But just like what you were saying with the 20% down, I say that's probably one of the most common myths in lending. Would you yeah. Would you agree? I, it's a lot of people think on a conventional loan yeah. and depending on the house, maybe it, for whatever reason, maybe it only qualifies for a cash or a conventional loan. If mm -hmm. it's, you know, if there's a bunch of safety issues or wood rot or something where it wouldn't go FHA or VA, right? Yeah. That only leaves cash and conventional. And then, yeah, a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, I, I need 20% down on this house. Yep. Which, I mean, that's great if you have 20% down, mm -hmm. right? But yeah. you definitely don't need it. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it might be smarter not to put the 20% down. And maybe do something else with those, mm -hmm. the difference in those funds, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely, definitely a huge misconception. Mm -hmm. And we, we can go down that rabbit hole later yeah. if you want. But, okay, we'll, but, we'll see if we have time for it. <laughs> yeah, but that same myth is very common. I mean, there's a almost equal myth with credit, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people think, oh, I need a, a 680, 700, 720. Like, I know in lending, you do get a little bit bump in rate if you're a 740 or above. Yeah. Um, but really, there's programs that out there that can do as little as 500 or 550. Yeah. Now you can't walk in with zero down and get a loan for that credit score. They're going to want a better debt to income ratio. They're going to want more down. Like we have one that's 550 and above for FHA or VA, but you need at least 10% down. Yep. Right. And then of course yeah. the house has to meet the guidelines. So it all kind of just plays together, right? Like yep. you can go, you can have a lower credit score if you have a lower debt to income ratio or more money down, or it just kind of like, you just kind of piece it together based on the yeah. individual, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you definitely don't need a, a 700 or 750 or an 800 credit score exactly. just to go out and buy a house, right? And I think that a lot of people have that misconception and it keeps them from even reaching out to somebody like me or somebody like you yeah. and even exploring the options, right? Absolutely. Like I know when somebody reached out to me, I'm like, hey, like let's just have you call a local lender and see what they say. Just run some different scenarios. Who knows? Like you might be surprised and figure out you can go, you know, buy a house or we can find you a house or whatever. So um I know we were talking a little bit before this and and I started kind of telling the story and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off and tell this one uh while we're talking. But I had a client, a younger guy, but makes really, really good money, right? Um but he so I've been working with him for probably I don't know, since the summer, so like of 22. So we're talking like, at least I've been, I've been working with him for at least six months now, right? And uh, we get working, he has a pre-approval letter for a pretty good house, like pretty, pretty substantial house. I like I said, super young, make, make, making a lot of money. Um, first time homeowner, but he's like really like 22 years old, right? So with that, he had he had started kind of building his credit and and had a good credit score. It was, it was in the mid sevens, which is that's yeah, good, good, right? Mm -hmm. And uh he uh missed a uh missed a payment on credit card, right? Didn't even know about mm -hmm. the credit card. It was the credit card was all paid off and there, there's an enrollment fee, like annual enrollment fee or something. And he didn't catch it because he doesn't use the card, he just has the card. And then it was like, uh, it was like $25, right? But then they tacked on a $25 late fee. And then they tacked on another $25 late fee. 
and then they reported it to the credit bureaus, mm -hmm. right? And so literally in the matter of, you know, three months, his credit score went from a seven something, I don't know, mid sevens, dropped in 200 points into the mid fives, right? Over $75 when he's making multiple six figures. Like, not like, it's not like he's at a hundred thousand and a dollar, right? Which if he was, it's it's 75 bucks is nothing. Yeah, He's making like two, three times that amount. Yeah. And literally like we had to put it on hold because he couldn't get alone because yeah. he was in the mid fives making good money but like he's making good money but didn't have all the money yet like he just started that job and is paying really well so he didn't have a lot of that money and yet there was no credit score like there was no credit history if you will right and uh a couple of his other things were pretty high so his debt to income ratio was still pretty high even though he's going to make good money he hadn't really started bringing that money in yet so mm -hmm. it was the promise of the money that was going to be made right yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so yeah we had to put it everything just on hold over 75 dollars yeah right like that's wild so somebody making you know three four hundred thousand dollars misses a payment of 75 bucks clearly could have made that payment money's not the issue and all of a sudden here we are six months later and we're finally just in a position now where he's everything's fine his credit scores back up i think they disputed it with the credit bureaus whatever uh his credit score is finally back getting back up to where it was he's in the sevens again and uh yeah say, but it took a long time to get back there right so credits i mean credit's huge mm -hmm. yeah and I, that hits home because that happened to me yeah okay uh it was i switched bank accounts so my ACH, I added the new bank account, but it was like subordinated to uh -huh. the first one. Yep. And for whatever reason, they didn't go down the line and run the second one. Yeah. And it was a $25 payment. It was like a TJ Maxx credit card. Wow. And 100 points, like overnight, as soon as you hit that 30 day. Yeah. And, you know, time will heal, right? Time, yeah. time will heal that. But credit card payments are the number one just murderer of credit. Wow. It, it will affect your credit. You can skip a car loan. Um, I won't, not home loan, but you <laughs> credit cards will destroy your credit score and just like that. Yeah, I never knew that. $500 balance. Yeah. When you have a $10,000 balance on a car loan, you miss yeah. one car loan, it's not going to hurt your credit as much as missing one credit card loan. Okay. So what you're saying is skip the car loan before you skip, <laughs> your, before you skip your credit card payment. Skip no loans. But if yeah. you are in a tough position, like in all seriousness, Call the bank, call the credit union, let them know what's going on. Say, I don't want to miss my payment. I don't want it to hurt my credit. Like, can you work with me? Can you defer this next payment? Can you give me a two, three month, uh, you know, deferment? Like they will work with you if you communicate with them. So yeah. that, that's huge. A lot of people don't know, especially like credit unions, local banks. Yeah. Like, you got a credit card or a car loan, even a home loan with them. Like just talk to them. Nice. When you ghost them and you, you don't make a payment, then they're going to put on your credit. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought about that either, but yeah. I think that. I think a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm in this position. Like, I didn't think this would happen. Like, mm -hmm. maybe they're embarrassed or maybe they're scared. Yeah. And they're just like, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to push this off to the side. Mm -hmm. And hopefully like. They just, they forget it or they yeah. miss it. They and and hopefully nobody says anything, but they don't realize is the ramifications that has, right? Yeah. Versus just, like I said, picking up the phone and calling them. And you make all the saying, money hey, in the world. Yeah. have no debt, but. The payment history is going to hurt you more. You can be yeah. making a million dollars a year, but 
you got a 550, you know. Like yeah. You're, like, you're not going to get a loan. Yeah. Hopefully, you buy cash at that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I've had uh, other clients in similar, similar positions as him and and um, where their credit was fine, and they could have put more down, and they still chose. I mean, they probably could have paid cash, right, yeah. for a five six $600,000 house. Mm-hmm. They could have paid cash if they had to in that position where you're talking about that's really the only option. Yeah. Now they didn't because they wanted to keep their cash right. and just leverage the bank's money. Yeah, use yep. the bank's money and just put twenty percent down in mm-hmm. that position. They were fine to put twenty percent down, right? So, I mean, kind of, kind of looking at that, what is the advantage of somebody putting twenty percent down versus ten percent down? Like, what do they gain by putting more money down? Yeah, maybe you can explain that to like buyers and buyers out there. Yeah, and if, if you didn't listen to his other episode where he kind of went into that and talked about. Uh, you know, saving the $16 a month with 20% down rather than, I think it was what, 15% down, yeah. that example. Yeah. Um, so two things. One, when you put 20% down, you don't have any PMI if it's a conventional loan. Um, however, if you put a little less than 20% down, you actually get a little bit better of a rate most of the time. Okay. So yes, you have PMI, but if it's helping with the interest rate, like in your guys' situation, he probably got a lower rate and then the difference was just the, and it could have been a little bit more on PMI, yeah. but the actual difference to not put five percent down was the sixteen dollars yeah. a month, right? Yeah. So, um, and on a two hundred and forty thousand dollar loan, five percent is twelve grand, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So he kept twelve grand in his pocket. I think that's right. I did the math really quick on that, right? Ten percent, two hundred forty. Ten percent is twenty four thousand. Half that's twelve thousand, right? Yeah. So, um, so he kept twelve thousand in his pocket. And has to pay an extra sixteen dollars per month. I would much rather have twelve grand in my pocket, yeah, and pay sixteen extra dollars a month. You can do a lot more with the twelve grand yeah. than you can with the sixteen dollars, right? Yeah. So, um, but that kind of falls back to communicating with the lender and saying, "Hey, let's run some different mm-hmm. scenarios here, right? Yeah. Like, I can put twenty percent down and save the PMI, but is that the best option for me? Like, give me some numbers here, like." And if there's this, um, also, if you put less than 20% down and you make less than the median average for the area of where you're buying, which I believe in like lease summit, for example, is $75,000. So if you make less than that and you're putting less than 20% down, you get what's called uh, like affordable pricing. Okay. So it's Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Home Possible, Home Ready is the programs they call it. And especially if you're a first-time home buyer, they're just going to give you um, better pricing and better rates. So, okay. so yeah, in that situation, you got a first time home buyer or, or not, but it, it makes sense to look at 20% down and maybe a little bit less and see what, what that difference. Yeah. Really how that, like. how that yeah. changes. Right. Yeah. 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 I'd like to have an extra 12 grand if I bought a house, especially used house to maybe do some remodeling or there were some repairs they missed, right. you know, cause I got a good deal on it. I want some cash to, or maybe you just want to go invest the money. Yeah, or maybe you know go to the right. casino. Yeah, yeah, may, may, yeah may, <laughs> may go bet on the Chiefs yeah. beating the Bengals. Put all right? on red, I mean, red hey, Chiefs. Hey, that's right, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, I mean, don't go spend your twelve thousand on, on betting, please. No, uh, this but, is not financial advice. Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely not financial advice. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's just it's there's just so many different options out there it's it's easy to see why why people who aren't in this industry right 
And I don't, I mean, heck, I, some, sometimes all this finance stuff confuses me. Cause again, it's not my lane. Right. Yeah. But that's why you have somebody that you can call and say, Hey, like, this is the situation. What do I do? Or what can you do? Or what is it? But, and that's me and I'm in quote unquote the industry, right? Yeah. Somebody that's just out there, especially a first time home buyer. No, I ain't, like I I, they don't know anything, yeah. right? Like this would be completely overwhelming or probably is completely overwhelming to a lot of people. And maybe not even for the first time home buyer, but what if they haven't bought in five or 10 or 15 years? Like I'm sure quite a bit's changed in the last decade when it comes to different options that are out there. Mm-hmm. Well, and they also, if it's been over three years, they qualify for it first time. As long as they have been on title for three years, mm-hmm. they can qualify for the first time home buyer programs. Okay. So explain that. So if they haven't, let's say I bought a house 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but I'm on like, I'm on the deed, like the whole time I would, I wouldn't qualify for that. Yeah. You have okay. to be off a deed for the last three years. Okay. So yeah. what would be a scenario where maybe somebody would be off a deed for three years? They just sold their house and then rented, you know, but they've owned okay. in the past. Okay. Yeah. What about, um, let's say my wife and I, we buy a house, right? And uh, we're both on the title from the beginning. And let's say we're thinking ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're playing the long game here. And we're like, man, we're going to go, I think we're only going to be in this house like four more years, mm-hmm. right? Could I do a quick claim deed over to her taking my name off? Mm-hmm. the deed to the house so now it's just her name on the house fast forward four years we sell our house we go buy another one and we just put this one in my name would that work i mean i don't know i'm just like i'm yeah. literally just i just came up with that right yeah no i've been asked this before the only issue there is you also got to prove your residence history where you've lived okay so if you're on an application with your um like spouse they own the house it's in their name you're not on it but you um, have shown that as, as your residence history on the credit application. Well, they're going to be like, okay, well, you know, show me your. They might not ask for rental history, but like, how much were you paying in rent? Okay. So like, it gets a little gray yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, I love the gray. Yeah. I mean, so. some, you know, you you could some lenders will just play dumb and send it up and see if it hits or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that part's a little gray. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Could you could you just pay the wife? Uh, yeah, she could pay rent, him rent. rent. I mean, can can, 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 can some... I pay her rent for three years while we're while we're running this through waiting? Yeah, and just end? say hey, this is you know we have a unique relationship. I pay her rent and then we're she married. uses that rent to yeah. pay the mortgage. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, as long as you have a good like, it makes sense logically with the underwriters, and you have a story to go with it. Then, really, it's. I mean, just there, be there's careful. a chance. Be careful because <laughs> once you guarantee. once you quit claim deed that house over, yeah. and then I mean, technically you're off the deed. If she leaves you, you're kind of SOL at that point, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. well, you're not because yeah. state of Missouri is is uh, um, no fault. Well, uh, marriage assets. What is it like? Okay. It doesn't matter if you're on the deed or not. Like, yeah. if you're married, it's, not a it's mutual. Property. It's mutual assets, right? Mm-hmm. So, never have to. You wouldn't have to worry about them leaving you in that situation in Missouri yeah. because you would still be. Like they call it community property. Yeah, state. yeah, you'd you know. still, uh, you'd still be due, uh, whatever the judge determined your part yeah. of the assets yeah. were in the house. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, um, what what else do you see come up when people start like 
getting like with down payment and credit score like what are some other problems you see that people need to be aware of yeah so um back to credit one thing that i'm seeing a lot of right now are people that need a little help with credit um most lenders have the ability to run a wayfinder is what our software is called it's essentially a simulation but you say okay i my score is at 580 sorry and i want to get it up to 680 what do i need to do it will run the simulation. It'll tell you exactly what you need to do. It won't guarantee it. It'll say there's a 95% chance okay. that it will go up to this. And it'll tell you exactly what to do. So if you are having some bumps in the road, still try. Still got, still try to get pre-approved and say, well, can we run a Wayfinder? Or is there anything that you would recommend for me to build my credit? What I typically do is I, run, I start with the Wayfinder, see if there's an easy path there. If not, then I help them with, like, it's typically collections, right? Okay. So a uh, couple things there. Personally... I've had low credit at one point in my life. I had a 550, I had a few medical collections, a couple other collections, and I would call them and I would negotiate and I'd say, hey, you know, I know I owe you $1,000. I got $500. I'll pay it right now if you just wipe it clean. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. I'll do it for 700 Well, I just saved $300, right? Yeah. Rinse and repeat. That adds up. Yep. But what I just recently learned, and here, let me take one more step back. Doing that method with negotiating will build your credit, but it's not all the time. With me, it, it boosted me like 40, 50 points, okay. right? But what will for sure build it is when you do that same thing, but you say, I'll pay it right now if you delete it off my record or you mm -hmm. delete it off my credit and send me a deletion letter. Okay. So it being deleted altogether will take it off completely so creditors can't see it versus just negotiating. It will have a little disclaimer that says paid for in less than full or something okay. along those lines. Yeah. So that was something I just learned recently. So if you are in a situation where you got some collections and you know you can call, pay less, but use as leverage for yourself, say, hey, I will pay it if you delete off my record and send me a And who deletes it, the letter. creditor or the credit bureau? The the creditor will will send, I don't know how they do it, but yeah. they like they'll tell the, the bureau, hey, this was a mistake or yeah. they're take, take, take it, it off. off. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that is something that can really quickly boost your score. Yeah. yeah. What do you see? Like, I know I had a client one time. Um, so scenario was they, again, credit issues, right? Mm -hmm. uh, some late payments. Uh, they actually had some some that got, I think it was called like charged off or something like that. Yeah. Right? And we're like the credit card company's like, nope, like we're done. Like we're just going to forward this on to basically – can you explain a charge off like yeah. i'm not very good at it so charge off is they're writing that debt off they're not pursuing to collect it anymore um it's going to stay on your credit but you don't have to calculate it in your debt to income okay um if but how does it affect your credit can it can that be pretty harmful yeah yeah it can okay. i mean it's just showing that you didn't fulfill your promise of paying a debt and but the the debt or the the collector or whoever's got it is not pursuing okay. to collect anymore. So in the the client that I was dealing with, we actually end up being okay because they had actually, even though it got charged off, they went ahead and sent the full full amount due to it was a credit card, mm -hmm. right? We're talking about yeah. cards. They they were like, hey, I I actually have it, yeah. right? I didn't then or whatever yeah. whatever the situation was. I try not to get involved in people's finances. I'm like, mm -hmm. hey. If you can afford the house, like, I, like that's all I need to know, right? Like, yeah. let's move forward, right? Um, but whatever you and the lender need to talk about, like, that's none of my business, yeah. right? And I tell them that all the time. I'm like, hey, your finances are not my business as long as you're approved to buy a home. Like, 
Uh, I can do that, my job. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to know all the details about your, your past. Right. But, um, this one, I, I just, they told me a little bit, like that's what happened. And then they paid off the full amount. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it still showed on their credit, but it was, it showed like a pay in full or something like that, okay. or it was satisfied, but it yeah. still showed as a charge off. Yeah. So there was a little, there was a little hiccup, but, um, like there were still some questions on like, uh, I don't know. It still doesn't look great. Yeah. But it also says it was paid off. So you did fulfill your obligation, mm -hmm. but it's still on the credit report right. too. Right. That's so, where you say, Hey, I'll send you this money. Yeah. But I need you to delete it. And I don't think they did that. Yeah. I right. Either, so yeah. then like, once you pay them, what's their, uh, do they really, one, do they have an obligation to go ahead and remove it? Or two, they're like, hell, we got our money. Who who gives a crap? Like, we're, we're good. Like, we're not going to spend our time yeah. doing that. You've already paid us. Yeah. It's right? going to take a lot of energy and time to get them to end up getting that off. Yeah. Because they, why, there's nothing they can do to benefit from that. It's only you. Yeah. You know? And how long does stuff like that stay on somebody's credit? Uh, So typically seven years. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Like late payments and those charge-offs or everything yeah. or just. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. The. Most of them are all going to be seven years. Yeah. So if you if you miss one credit card payment, yeah, seven years that stays on your credit report mm -hmm. for for yeah. over half a decade. Yeah. And I was able. So there are some like tips, tips and tricks, or tricks of the trade to get some of that off. Like if you did miss something and you don't want to wait this seven years. Like for example, I was talking to a credit expert the other day. He's not a credit repair guy. He's a credit expert. Mm -hmm. um, and. He said, credit repair companies, you pay them a monthly fee. They send letters on your behalf. They help you build up your credit yep. over time. He's more like, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do, exactly what to say, but you have to do it. Okay. Um, so he had a guy, made great money. He was a doctor, two Amexes. He sent in $10,000 to one to pay it. And the other one didn't get paid. It wrote him late charge, right? Yeah. But he told them, he's like, look, I've never missed a payment. I make good money. You really think I would send $10,000 to pay one card? No, I wanted it to go to both. You guys screwed up. You made a mistake. Oh, yeah. And there might have been some other legal word like CFPB. You know, they probably yeah. quoted some legal jargon to help them show that they know what they're talking about. But he coached them exactly what to say, and they removed it. And he never yeah. saw it. Nice. And was able nice. to buy a home. So yeah. there are some. I'm not, I'm not there yet. You know, like I yeah. said, I'm just going off my experience. I'm not an expert. But I know some people that know all the, the loopholes there. So yeah, so I mean, you say you're not an expert, but you know, you know enough. enough but you also it. know, hey, if if this is a situation where I'm not quite, I don't quite know everything. You know people that do though, yeah. and you can send them to those people. Like, yep. I don't know send all the ins and outs yeah. about lending, but I know loan officers that I can send people to to get those answers, yep. those questions answered. And if there's more questions that you can answer, you can connect them with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it's really just about the team that you have in place, right? And and having multiple people that are able to answer questions. Like there might be a loan that you can't do that someone else might be able to do, right? I mean, there are there's so many different things out there, yeah. right? So let's say someone, okay, we've we've kind of got past that. And we, they maybe have some credit issues, and we've got past that, right? Would you say uh, what's like, what's the difference? And I'm asking this, like, I know this, but I'm asking like more for the, the home buyer, the average home buyer out there. What is the difference between like 
or the benefit of going with certain uh this loan company versus this loan company like a versus b type thing right is there a big difference in rates is there a big difference in fees is there like what's the advantage of using one company over another company because a buyer might be like hell i don't know i'm just gonna call rocket mortgage like i see their commercials all the time right like i don't, I don't know like that's the only one i've heard of yep don't, yeah don't, so don't do that by the way but anyway <laughs> go ahead schmockage sh- sh- mortgage <laughs> um yeah so i always tell people especially when they're buying like go with a local lender somebody that focuses on purchases because you can still have a local lender that is kind of a refi shop where their sense of urgency isn't going to be as the same as the seller of the home and the and the buyer of the home and the realtor right Mm -hmm. because closing on time i mean you are risking the buyer's money they could lose the house and lose their earnest money if you don't close on time so that is huge right yep when it comes to rates like i like to say all the water comes from the same well but there's going to be a little bit of fluff some places are their margins can be a little bit higher they have more overhead more you know corporate executives to pay banks um like bank of america they have a lot to pay but they keep their loans in house so sometimes you get a better rate however you might not be closing for 60 75 days because they're all w-2 salaried they get off at work at five every day yeah someone like myself and like you we work around the clock right we're 100 commission and we don't get paid unless your home closes so on purchases i always say go with the local lenders especially somebody that's not just an hourly employee because they're going to work extra hard for you make sure you close so you don't lose your earnest money and you don't lose that house yeah i mean i bank of america for example i had a client a couple of years ago and that's what they wanted to use they're like no that's where we bank i'm like i, I don't suggest it but I, again i can't yeah i can't At make not you to. not to use yeah. them i mean we got the house under contract so the the seller was fine with it and um yeah we we got in and we started hitting roadblock after roadblock after roadblock and uh it was a remodel and it was another realtor who had remodeled the home and they were wanting like like specific documentation on what he had paid like what he had bought the house for oh wow and then asking for receipts of work done to show like the the markup Mm -hmm. and he was like this is insane i've never been asked for this from any lender ever on any of the remodels i've ever done this is bullcrap i'm not going to give you that information like has no bearing on this deal and like bank of america was like literally holding this up and finally my client was like dude you got anybody we can switch to and we we still closed late but it was only like a few days late versus it was going to be a few weeks late yeah and their house was under contract like they we already had their house under contract like it all snowballs, right? So, um, yeah. So you you talked about like the the fluff or whatever. So, like today, or we'll say yesterday. I won't put you on the spot for today. What because <laughs> you might not have checked because you're driving here. Yeah. What were rates yesterday, approximately? So yesterday, um, I quoted a lady that they were putting. Oh, let's see. It was a conventional loan, roughly two seventy five, putting twenty percent down, and her rate was it was about like six percent was par. Okay. But it, like, so here's a cool thing that, and I always give people options, right? Yep. So with this same lady, I sent her three different options with and without, like par. 
but there was like because we were actually we're set up with u.s bank as an investor okay so you we can get u.s bank rates but you still go through a local lender to close on time and hustle mm -hmm. for everybody um but they had like their pricing was basically they would have had to pay up to get that six percent with u.s bank or they could have paid a quarter of a point and got five point i think it was five point six two five okay so sometimes they have sweet spots yeah so also going with a lender or broker that and i can go into the details of the differences there if you want me to but somebody that has options that to look at different investors or different lenders to kind of get you the best mm -hmm. rate um like for example so our company um flat branch home loans like there's a lot of like local lenders that can do both right they can broker and shop they could keep it in-house they mm -hmm. can outsource it like us bank you know stuff like that so there's a way to um look at all the options and say hey you pay a little bit more we get you a crap like way better right yeah um so that's like brokers on the other hand they don't they don't keep the money they don't fund the money they don't have in-house underwriters they could shop you like like a low like i can but they just lose a little bit of control sometimes they have um a little bit more room to play with on margins but you lose a little bit of the control so on that six percent deal for example yeah right oh i got two things yeah i, think I went this. down a rabbit so, hole no, you got me going no, so six percent is there are there could there have been another lender out there that could have also got them six percent but then said you know what like i need to make a little extra money this month at 6.1 is the best i can do like can, mm -hmm. can lenders do that yeah they can now okay. it's it's illegal okay um unless you have so a, they shouldn't do it they shouldn't do <laughs> okay. it yeah you cannot charge like and you have to treat everybody the same yeah right doesn't matter how much money they make where they're buying like you that's illegal you can't do that but do they do it well i've i've seen it happen yeah um I, there are loopholes in the system and it all comes down to your marketing plan which is just a it's not like traditional marketing what you think it's more of like a pricing plan like okay, okay you know at we charge uh x amount if it came from this lead source or it came from this lead source or this lead source so they're now you're hey you're treating everyone the same in within that lead source yeah like pool, where they came from right, right? Yeah. yeah so and but even then it's like what i do at the end of the day i just i treat everybody the same yeah because i don't want to play around in that do what's yeah. best for the customer give them the best rate best foot forward because i've also seen lenders where they'll say oh this is your rate and then they'll say hey dalton can you give me a better rate i'll get them a better rate and then they'll go back to their lender and then their lender just magically drops the rate more i'm like yeah well like yeah how'd you do that right. you know shouldn't you have been able to do that from the yeah. get-go it happens like all the time later on yeah, yeah. interesting so i think as long as like they're not going to get in trouble as long as they're really just not taking advantage of people yeah they're within a they're not a small too, amount yeah yeah interesting and i already lost the other thing i was going to say so i'm just going <laughs> to skip on that so but yeah um, credit um one one more thing i want to add yeah. about that um so a quick way especially if you're younger um or you don't have any credit history at all if you have a family member or a friend or a mentor they can add you as an authorized user on your credit card. Two things happen. Well, maybe three. So you get a trade line, right? You're getting the length of that trade line. So if you are 18 years old, and I, don't, I think this, I don't, this must just be a loophole because it doesn't make sense logically, but say you're 18 years old and somebody with a 10 year 
Amex with perfect payment history as you as an authorized user. Well, now the, the computer can't recognize the two differences. So now you have that eight or 10 years of, exp of credit history. Wow. It's okay. So question. But now their credit score, they have a good credit score. Yeah. And now I really have so, to do much. <laughs> uh, our son's 14 years old. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know how long we've had our credit card. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, a, lo a long time, right? Mm -hmm. um, I probably, at least this credit card, we've probably had at least 14 years would be my guess, right? So uh, if I, let's say I call my credit card company up, right? He has no credit. He's 14 years old. Yeah. He's never, I mean, he pays for stuff, but like, you know, mm -hmm. cash, obviously, right? Uh, he doesn't have any other way to pay for it. So he has no credit score. He has no debt. He has no income. Well, different story. Yeah. Um, but if if I let's say I added him to my credit card, right? And mm -hmm. I said, hey, I want to add my son to my credit card. Here's his social security number. Here's his date of birth. Here's his name. Send the card, right? They're gonna add him to the account. They're gonna send him a card. I'm gonna take that card and go put it in my safe. He's not. He's not gonna touch right? that credit yeah. card, right? You know, he has it. Yeah. I'm not even going to tell him he has it. It's just going to go in the safe. It can sit over here. I don't want him using that thing. Does that start building a credit history for him because he's on that account at that point and start building up that score? Um, once he's 18, yes. Okay. So you have now. to be 18. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't do it now. But yes, when he's 18, that will do that. And that is the quickest, best way if you have children. Um Adam as authorized user. Don't give them a card, right? Yeah. Don't even use their email or their phone number. Yeah. Because there's a way to like, you know, forgot password yeah, and get in yeah, there and request yeah. a card. When by 18, they're going off to college. They might get a credit card at that point anyway. Yeah. But man, I, again, the, just with the, all the problems that we've just talked about, I do I, I mean, he probably will have one because he needs one if he's in college and mm -hmm. he wants to be a pilot. So that's something you kind of got to go to college for that. Yeah. Um, Man, that's really risky to have a credit card out there and, you know, somebody who's not used to or doesn't understand the impact that that can have, right? Mm -hmm. That's interesting you say you have to be 18. I didn't know that uh, because literally right now, I could pay him up to $12,500 a right. year yeah. that he does not have to, my business, sorry, I'm not paying him. Yes. My business is paying him. My business could pay him $12,500 a year this year. I think it's going to like, 14,000 in 2023 or 2024. Yeah, I know it's going up. Yeah, I know right? it's going up. I just don't know how much. But in 2022, it was uh, 12,500. Your company, if you have a company, can pay your child as an employee. Mm -hmm. You get to write that money off from your from your bottom line and they don't have to pay taxes on it. Yeah, I know. So you could literally pay your... Now, you have to, I'm sure, be able to show what they did if you got audited. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, they're uh, a model. They're yeah, a model they, for your business. They, they, you put them in some any, pictures and I, videos. Marketing. They, my <laughs> I'm taking a, a bunch of meat rubs <laughs> to a to a convention in Las Vegas uh later this month to hand out as like, you know, because can't see his barbecue, right? Yeah. We did it, we did a podcast on barbecue. Yeah. Um and uh so I'm taking a bunch of meat rub. My son literally last night was filling, he filled two hundred bottles, wow. two hundred five ounce bottles of meat rub, right? That's awesome. Like I could pay him to do that, yeah, right? Yeah. He wouldn't have to report that up to $12,500. Now, if you're really smart, you're not even telling him you're paying him. You're just putting it into an account. Yeah. So it sits there, right? Yep. 
there i mean we could go on and on, yeah, on about this but <laughs> um yeah so i i thought like oh if i can do that i can go and add them on the credit card now and it can start building that you i didn't realize so. you had to be 18 for that yeah. so yeah yeah learning. Just to, to get learning a loan here. yeah to get a loan um you have to be 18 to sign a contract you have to be 18 yep. um to join the military yeah <laughs> but yeah. you could get paid you know tax-free yeah. yeah from a business interesting which is at the age of i think as soon as they're born really because they could literally be a model like put some of your swag on them yeah do some videos and photos and now hey you're paying them for marketing yeah so definitely uh there's definitely ways to uh to save money and yeah. invest money and really set them up so that when they do go to buy house in the future then they're in a better position. Yep. At least, yep. at least do the credit card thing and don't give it to them. Yeah, you right. don't even have to request a plastic. Like, yeah, you can add them as an authorized user where they don't get a, a oh, piece of plastic. Even yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, don't even have it at the safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that chance. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I think we've covered a, a pretty good range of yeah. of uh, really just uh, we made a lot rain. of stuff, right? But um, definitely when it comes to the the whole credit issue which i think is it's just uh it's a little scary to people mm -hmm. right especially if they start getting behind on stuff and, and it's affecting their credit score and just know that there's ways you don't have to have a perfect credit score there are ways to get it up there are different avenues to go down and still have options to buy a home even if you're in that position yeah. so yeah yeah so um yeah, I think uh, hopefully that was that was helpful for for everybody today, and um, I think I think we're gonna call that a wrap. But uh, uh, it was great having you on today, and yeah, appreciate Thank the you. insight because I definitely learned stuff. So if I'm in the industry and I learn stuff, hopefully hopefully our audience our audience learns stuff as well. So yeah, and I'm uh, more than welcome to answer any questions of anybody yeah. that watches this. Drop them um, in the YouTube comments. Drop yeah. them on. The, I think you can comment on podcast, right? I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah, you can. Put in the review. You can, yeah, you can you can drop comments in there. Put too, in your so. five star review that you're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> right. Drop it in there, and uh, we can always circle back around. And um, yeah, make sure you're hitting that subscribe and that and the notification bell on on uh, the podcast or on YouTube. And uh, until the next video, guys, have a great day. The Rains Report is brought to you weekly by Juke Media. Look for episodes every Friday wherever you download podcasts, and remember to rate and subscribe for more content.